Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us, and basketball is back. I know it's a happy day for some because Hoops returns a little bit later this evening and continues through the weekend, and for others, it might be a little depressing that Indiana won't be playing tonight or at any point this weekend. That goes for the women's team, obviously, as well, but I'm just glad we still have basketball. I love the Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend. Typically, we get some really good games in those matchups, and then it's Down to the Final Four and the National Championship Games coming up the following weekend. And basketball will be a wrap. High school stuff ends on Saturday. College things will end about a week or two coming up from now. And uh, we'll be in the offseason completely. But speaking of the offseason, already a ton of names in the transfer portal related to Indiana that Indiana has been connected with, that Indiana has contacted or Indiana has a visit set up or they're coming in to take a look at Bloomington and meet with Coach Woodson and the staff. So it's going to be very busy now and for the foreseeable future just from the transfer portal. I know that recruiting obviously is probably ticking up a bit as well. I would sure expect Mike Woodson and the IU staff to be at the Indiana High School State Championship game, specifically the 4A game coming up on Saturday night with Kokomo and Flory Badunga in action Uh, Some other good players throughout the day as well. But Badunga is the big, big target that's going to bring in a lot of coaches, head coaches, I think, this Saturday night uh, to Gainbridge Fieldhouse. But that's kind of where we're at. We're looking at the transfer portal. There are a lot of names to mention today. Uh, Some are hopeful. Uh, They seem like intriguing prospects that could come in. A number of them are from the mid-major ranks of college basketball that perhaps uh, could step right in as a seasoned player Uh, in a team like Indiana in the Big Ten Conference. So we'll take a look at some of that today as well. Let's look at the show lineup. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got news and headlines of the day. We'll take a look at some names from the transfer portal. As I mentioned, we'll take a look at a couple high school basketball notes. We had some local players honored with the IBCA All-State Awards that came out yesterday. And also kind of uh, a neat deal, an IU Connection to the uh, state championships this weekend in Indianapolis that I've not previously mentioned. So we'll talk about that as well. And uh, Jeff Rabjohns had a report yesterday, kind of interesting. I know the season is over and Indiana beat Kent State, but apparently Coach Cinderoff, Rob Cinderoff of Kent State, the former IU assistant who had some problems when he was in Bloomington, uh, apologized to Coach Woodson before the game. So 
that is interesting, and I'll bring that up here uh, in just a few moments. I guess he apologized for you know, basically being a big part of the helping the school uh, be on probation. So that's interesting that before a big NCAA tournament game, obviously some awkward moments, I'm sure, for both, especially Cinderoff, but uh, he apparently brought it up and uh, talked with Coach Woodson about it. So we'll mention that and more coming up here in just a bit. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And as part of the show lineup, I probably should tell you about our guest today, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, will join us in segment two, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll uh, get Alex's off-season um, overview, maybe things to watch this offseason. And I know it sounds crazy, crazy, but we've got a lot of this type of talk coming up over the coming months. We will think about IU for next season. What are some of the big uh, concerns? What are some of the big holes for next season? And maybe even get into a real early look at the Big Ten Conference. I know it's so hard to do that. It's so hard to peg a front runner like we used to be able to do. Because not only do you have recruiting that has changed and goes later and later, there are always changes in the process late, it seems. But now you've got this transfer portal, which keeps everybody hopping. So it's really hard to know until you get into the summertime, maybe June or so, uh, to really take a stab at the Big Ten. But I might put Alex on the spot and ask him for his way, way, way early thoughts on the Big Ten Conference for next year. Kind of sad that we're already in that mode. We're already thinking ahead to next season uh, as opposed to previewing some big Sweet 16 game for the Hoosiers coming up tonight or tomorrow. But that is just part of uh, being eliminated. That's just where things are at right now for this program. Uh, but that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, love to hear from you, whether it's IU, Big Ten, local stuff, basketball, football, it doesn't matter. Send us a text, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You know, we get some regular texters. We've had more, as you might expect, during the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. We'd love for that to continue because the offseason and all the months we have together ahead are really a good time for listeners to help drive the conversation even more. If you've got you know some specific topics or things that we just don't talk about enough on this show in the hour that we have with you each weekday, you can send those in and we'll take a look at getting to them sooner rather than later. But love to hear from you today on the Thornton's text line. Lots of names in the transfer portal. It seems like we're on our way to another record year of uh, obviously folks entering the portal I don't think there's any question we're going to set a new record there. But just to kind of run through some names, uh, this is a name that we talked about back during the Big Ten tournament. His name is Chris Ledlam. He is from Harvard. He entered the uh, transfer portal very early. He could do so because he's a graduate transfer. But he averaged 18.8 points and and 8.5 rebounds this past season for Harvard. He is going to meet with the IU coaches on Thursday 
It has been reported by Adam Zagoria, 6'6", 225-pound forward. Uh, He was on the All-Ivy League first team and was a key cog for Harvard, so could he be ready to step in to the Big Ten Conference? He's got tons of schools that are on him, high major schools all over him, including Michigan State, others from the SEC and the Big East. I saw Maryland and Michigan also on his early list of schools as well. So he is somebody that's been very coveted already out of the portal. And then probably the newest name out of the portal is a guy named Graham Ike. He is from Wyoming. He uh, entered the portal yesterday and immediately heard from the IU coaching staff, get this, he's six foot nine. 255 pounds. He's a center and he's played college hoops for two seasons and it's expected that he's got three years of eligibility left. And it's not uh, Ike, it's E.K. is how you actually say his last name. So Graham E.K. of Wyoming. He only played 12 games and seven starts as a freshman. 33 games in the 21-22 season which uh, he was a big part of Wyoming getting to the NCAA tournament last year. And he set out this past season, 22-23, with a right foot injury. So someone that you're not going to be able to Google and look up stats or performances from the last season because he simply didn't play. But he is uh, also uh, an interesting connection. He's from Overland High School in Colorado, which is the same high school that Deron Davis uh, came from. Of course, Deron was with the Hoosiers in 2016 through 2020, back when Duran was being recruited by Indiana. We got to know his coach at Overland really well. He would come on the show from time to time. In fact, got to know Duran Davis just from the travel ball and the Derby Festival game back in the day. He would even join the show before he entered his career at Indiana very often. So there is a connection there uh, between EK and his high school and not the same coaching staff at Indiana, but obviously the program. There was some familiarity there about Bloomington, so we'll see if that connection could potentially work out. And then another name to listen to or pay attention for is a guy from Towson. His name is Nick Timberlake. Timberlake averaged 17.7 points, shot 41.6% from three-point range this past season, and he is planning to meet with Mike Woodson on Thursday. So uh, this seems to be uh, Towson transfer Nick Timberlake, a three-point shooter, that uh, Indiana is looking at. This all comes from Jake Weingarten of Stock Risers. He's the one that broke the news on Timberlake and the interest between Indiana and him and the uh, forthcoming visit with Coach Woodson coming up as well. But Ohio State, I know, North Carolina, uh, have been conducting in-home visits with him, and he's had interest from UCLA, Kansas, and many other schools as well. So uh, definitely someone uh, to pay attention to, another name, Uh, that Indiana jumping in on here out of this very active transfer portal here at the very early part of the season. And as the NCAA tournament goes along and more teams are eliminated, and finally we get into early April, there's going to be even more players exiting their schools. There is no question about that. So uh, some fun ahead from the transfer portal. I don't know that I love it, but it's become a big part of the game. And one thing is for sure, it has created some real excitement as the season comes to an end uh, as far as uh, keeping an eye on all this stuff. Indiana, I think, a school that has the opportunity to be very active in the portal. I think a lot depends on what happens with Xavier Johnson. There seems to be some real thought that he's definitely maybe going to be back next year. Some people are very confident with that. 
that he is going to be able to obtain a medical red shirt. So we'll talk with Alex a little bit later in the show today about that as well. But obviously Xavier Johnson is a big decision up in the air. Obviously Jalen hood Shafino. we're going to talk about him here in just a moment and his NBA draft prospectus, but a number of names already up in the portal for sure, and Indiana has made a lot of contact. Starting to think about uh, the NBA draft, mainly because of how it could affect Jalen hood Shafino and what the chances are that he could return for a sophomore season in Bloomington. I think we all have kind of written that off, but you never know for sure. So uh, looking at so far, and I saw Alex Bozich with a story on this earlier, but ESPN.com writer Jonathan Gavoni, who covers the NBA draft for the ESPN website, he has Huchifino as the number 12 pick in the draft. Sam Vecini of The Athletic, who's been around like Gavoni for a long time, He's got uh, Hood Shafino number 17 as far as a draft pick. And then Jonathan Wasserman of the Bleacher Report, he has Hood Shafino checking in at number 19. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Wasserman wrote some, this is quote, some of Hood Shafino's weaknesses were exposed in the NCAA tournament from his athleticism to his shot selection and decision making. But there is too much to like about six foot six. 215 ball 215 ball handler who has an easy time separating into pull-ups shot 40.8 percent on 196 of those attempts and can also set the table with his vision and flashy live dribble passing he did have some trouble at the rim this season but he executed enough acrobatic finishes that highlight an ability to compensate for explosion with finishing craft nba coaches will just want him to focus on cutting down on turnovers and defensive lapses. That was from uh, Wasserman of the Bleacher Report. A lot said there in about three or four sentences, some good and and some not as good about Hood Shafino, but obviously that tells you in a nutshell uh, what the upside for him is in the NBA. And then Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer, I'm not as familiar with him. He had Hood Shafino highest on uh, of all the draft folks that are out there right now, he's got Hood Shafino at number 11. So uh, a number of other folks out there that cover this stuff, beginning to think about this stuff. Uh, but will be interesting to see uh, where his stock goes from here as we get fully into the offseason. And it won't be terribly long down the line when you'll have the NBA draft combine this summer. You'll have individual and small group workouts. And, uh, but I would expect word from Jalen hood Shafino at minimum that he is going to declare for the draft and retain eligibility. However, it's possible because of some of the high projections that maybe he picks an agent and is not planning to return to Indiana. But that is going to be so crucial to find out about X and to find out about hood Shafino and some of the others here very early in this offseason. What about Trace Jackson Davis? A number of uh, folks across the board on where they see Trace Jackson Davis at. Gavoni of ESPN has him going as the number 30th pick. Uh, Sam Vecini of The Athletic, number 38. Jonathan Wasserman of The Bleacher Report at number 31. Uh, he is all across the board. Some people have, I think USA Today had him as high as number 58. Uh, again, I don't know these people, know who's uh, what the track records are for some of these guys making these uh, projections. And these are very early. So much is going to change. It's just kind of a first run-through of it now that the college season is winding down. But we'll be interesting to see if Trace gets an opportunity and is drafted or if Trace has to go through the, the free agency option 
I would believe that somebody would give him a chance in the NBA at minimum, maybe become a two-way player in the G League. But I know a lot of Indiana fans want to see him get a chance to play pro basketball, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward. Also, a final note on Indiana here in this opening segment. Kent State coach Rob Sinderoff, according to Peaks.com editor Jeff Rabjohns, he and Mike Woodson had a little chat at the NCAA tournament up in Albany before the first-round game between Kent State and the Hoosiers. According to Rabjohns' sources, the two coaches, when they talked before the game briefly at midcourt, as most coaches do before college basketball and really high school basketball games, Sinderoff apparently apologized to Woodson for what he, he did, what his role was, in uh, being in helping, I shouldn't say helping, but in, in IU being put on probation following all the stuff that happened with Kelvin Sampson, which obviously ended in 20, uh, 2008, was Sampson basically being forced out at Indiana for a pattern of rule breaking. Uh, Cinderoff, one of the guys that uh, sent, uh, was it text messages or phone calls or both? Uh, but the, he was part of that. So curious or interesting, I think is the word, uh, that before a big game he would bring it up. I like it. I think being honest and um, admitting your mistakes is is a good thing, but kind of interesting he would mention it to Mike Woodson before they square off in the NCAA tournament. One high school note here in the opening segment uh, in our headlines today, three seniors and seven underclassmen from Clark and Floyd counties were honored by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. Their all-state teams were announced yesterday. Three seniors were Matthew Arthur of New Washington, Casey Kalen of Providence, and Caleb Washington of Floyd Central. They were all uh, named honorable mention all-state. And in the underclass grouping, Jeff sophomore Trey Singleton, he was named large school all-state. Providence junior Noah Levin, who I thought had a great first season back in southern Indiana, as well as Borden's Kasem Nash and Christian Academy sophomore Joshua Renfro. They were all named small school all-state honors. But big Trey Singleton uh, getting that large school all-state honor as well. Uh, also, new Washington sophomore Mason Arthur, Jeffersonville sophomore P.J. Douglas, and Henryville junior Aiden Head. They were honorable mention in the underclass division as well for all states. So neat to see a lot of guys recognized from our local area. Of course, the big deal with the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association is their Supreme 15. Xavier Booker from Indianapolis Cathedral, Marcus Burton of Penn, way up near South Bend, who a lot of people think might be Mr. Basketball. Miles Coven of Heritage Christian, who's headed to Purdue. Zane Doty of Ben Davis, who's helped the Giants to an undefeated season so far. Joey Hart from Linton Stockton. I think most of you guys know who he is. A number of other players on that list. J.Q. Roberts from Bloomington North on the list as well. Uh, just guys from across the state, some of the guys that have turned in the best performances uh, this year, and a lot of those guys, seniors. But uh, good to see, I think, fair representation. And what you probably would have to say was a down year here locally. Good to see 15 names make some level, uh, large school, small school, all state, honorable mention, whatever it is. It's a big honor in the Hoosier State of basketball, that's for sure. And one other high school note, Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, will play against Linton Stockton in the 2A state championship game on Saturday. Blackhawk Christian is 26-3. and 
Linton Stockton 29 and 1. We know the drama with Linton Stockton has been. They played the semi-state both games, and they'll play the state championship this weekend without their head coach, who just before the semi-state received his second DUI arrest of this 22-23 season. So that's been crazy to think about going through the state tournament at least the final two weekends without your head coach. But one neat thing about Blackhawk Christian is they are coached by Matt Roth, who took over for a great person, a great coach in our state named Mark Davidson, who passed away, I think, right before the season, maybe back into the summer. He had been very successful at Blackhawk Christian. They've been in that state championship game so many times and have had some big, big names, great players. But Matt Roth taking over that position, former IU player, and neat to see him get an opportunity uh, to coach in a state championship game now uh, coming up this weekend at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Don't forget to send us a text. The number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. couple texts on the uh, Texas, uh, on the uh, Thornton's text line that we'll get time, get to here in just a second. Uh, so stay with us for that. And we've got Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall coming up here in just a bit. You're listening to a Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Stay with us for IU Chatter and a look ahead real early, unfortunately, way too early the next season on the Hoosiers with Alex after this on the Big X Sports Radio. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich inside the hall going to be with us here in just a second. A reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. From the first segment, Texter said, any names that are shooters, I guess you're talking about the transfer portal. Uh, the names I mentioned in the last segment seemed like Nick Timberlake was obviously a three-point shooter, 41.6%. From the field this past season, averaged uh, almost 18 points uh, for his team. So, so far, he would be, I think, the guy you would label as a three-point shooter. But thank you uh, for the message. Alex, uh, lots to get to. Unfortunately, since we have uh, spoken last, we're now in off-season mode. So there's plenty of questions surrounding individual players and I think just generally the direction of this program that we'll be able to break down here for the next few months. Yeah, it's uh, always an interesting time of the year, Matt, and even more so now these last couple of years with uh, the transfer portal and everything that's changed with with college basketball. It's, uh, you know, the season in many ways kind of extends now here for at least a good month to month and a half. I feel like usually by mid-May, late May, we have a much better feeling of, of what the roster is going to look like for the next season, who's coming and going. But right now there's, there's obviously a lot of questions. There's questions about uh, 
who exactly is going to be leaving the program. We have a pretty good idea just based on uh, guys who are going to be leaving uh, who have graduated or moving on to professional opportunities, but there's also the you know, the, the, the chance that guys could go themselves in the transfer portal, and then there's questions about whether or not there's going to be uh, players added from the transfer portal. Obviously, the, the answer to that question is uh, very likely yes, and uh, maybe, you know, will there be any action in terms of guys reopening recruitments or maybe a late high, <laughs> excuse me, a high school ad here in the spring. So uh, it, it's uh, definitely a, a fluid situation in general, uh, for for college basketball programs in Indiana is no different. It's not a situation unique to Indiana. I think if you look around the Big Ten, you look around the rest of the country, uh, there's going to be similar situations happening just about everywhere and uh, a lot to figure out in the coming weeks and months. Uh, Alex, what is your general feeling on the roster and how active Indiana is going to need to be and get in the transfer portal? I think with Trace gone and Jalen hood Shafino up in the air, who knows, Xavier Johnson as well, another player I want to ask you about. Do you feel like I do that this is going to be an opportunity for Indiana to be very, very active, maybe as much or more than they ever have from the portal this offseason? I mean, they're going to have to be. Um, there's not really uh, any other option. I mean, obviously, with, with with Trace already saying he's not coming back, um, you know, you're losing a, one of the two or three most valuable players in the entire country. Uh, you're not going to replace him um, talent-wise or impact-wise out of the portal or with a, a newcomer to college basketball. That's so obviously a, there's going to be a, a step back in production. Uh, Jalen Hitchfino, um, you know, I've, I'm operating on the assumption that he's gone. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned up in the air. I would phrase it more as I'd be surprised at this point if he comes back to look at all of the projections that uh, are out there right now. Most of them have him at worst, a late first round pick. And I think going through the pre-draft process, he could probably have a chance to help himself there depending on uh, how he performs. And then obviously you've got Race Thompson who's gone because he's exhausted his eligibility. Miller Cop who's also gone based on the fact that he's exhausted his eligibility. So at that point, you've got one guy who's a starter coming back, uh, Trey Galloway, and then Malik Murnu is a, another guy I think is kind of a foundational piece for this program. And beyond that, I think you've got a lot of question marks just in terms of who's going to return to school. Um, you know, obviously guys uh, will, will assess their options and see you know, if, if they're going to have the role that they think they uh, would like to have next season and make decisions from there. But there's just a lot, of obviously, in, in flux uh, just in terms of, of roster movement. So, yeah, to answer your question, kind of long-winded there, Matt, but um, they're, they're definitely going to have to be active in the portal. And the, the one thing I would just say about the portal in general right now, we're very early in the process with uh, – Names going in, there's already over 700 guys in, but remember there's still 16 teams playing right now in the NCAA tournament. There's probably going to be some guys from those teams that end up in there, uh, some surprise names at some point. Um, you know, So it's, it's obviously a fluid situation, and there's a lot of work being done in the background and phone calls and, and things like that just in terms of figuring out uh, what kind of what's going to be available. I think IU's already started 
to lay a lot of groundwork and working on setting up visits with some guys and uh, hoping to, I would think, at least add two, maybe three or four players uh, from the portal when it's all said and done. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations, two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. What's your read on Xavier Johnson? Some people think he's coming back, feel confident that he has applied for a medical waiver and will receive that. What do you know about this situation, and what would you expect for a potential return for him for another season? Yeah, I mean, just kind of reading between the lines of how it was handled and everything that went down in terms of IU saying publicly that he was going to seek the waiver, I don't think that uh, IU would have mentioned that publicly in a press release or made any statement about it if they didn't feel that there was a good chance that he was going to be able to get the waiver. So um, I, I think the, there's a good possibility that he gets the waiver. I guess the question becomes then, does he want to stay in college and be a part of a team next season that's going to be more of a transition team uh, in terms of just where the program has been in the past? And uh, this season, next season, I think, is going to be more, yeah, I don't want to call it a rebuilding year, but it's going to be uh, much different uh, than this season uh, in terms of expectations and maybe what IU they're actually able to achieve. You know, Xavier Johnson said publicly that he wants to come back. Um, I think IU wants him to come back, so I think the opportunity is there for it to happen. But obviously he's got to get the waiver and he's got to decide that he's fully committed uh, to coming back next season. Um, so we'll see everything that, that shakes out there. But I think it's uh, – pretty telling that really we haven't seen many point guard names been mentioned with IU in the portal at this point. Um, so that kind of tells you, I think that they feel like he's going to be a part of, of the mix uh, next season. Cause I, I don't think there's a situation where they want to go in next season with, you know, only Trey Galloway or Gabe cups as the point guard on the roster. I mean, if you, if you go to next season with Johnson and Galloway and cups all on the roster, I think that's a pretty least, solid start uh, in terms of the backcourt and your options uh, for ball handlers on the team. All right, Alex, got a coaching question for you on the Thornton's text line. The texter says, Alex, I was an elementary and middle school coach for many years. My mentors always coach me to follow your shot since the rebound frequently comes straight back at the shooter. Are current coaches not teaching that skill? It seems IU shoots and everyone hightails it back on defense rather than trying to get the offensive rebound. Your thoughts, Alex? Uh, I think it depends on the team you're playing and the matchup. With Miami, they're a dangerous transition team. So um, if you're going to follow your shot and you don't get the rebound uh, and the ball's going the other way, uh, they've got the athletes that can really make you pay for that. Um, I think that's kind of, you know, it's, yeah, that's one thing I, you know, I hear. I go to a lot of uh, youth basketball games now because my kids play basketball, and I always hear "follow your shot." I think it becomes a little bit more dangerous at the college and the professional level um, if you gamble for a ball and you don't get it. Um, like the example being the Miami game, they had the athletes that could really make IU pay in transition. I think there's certain teams in college basketball that don't emphasize offensive rebounding at all. And thinking there is, um, 
we want to get back and have our defense set. If we don't make the shot, it's go back down the other end, get a stop, and get the ball back. Uh, I think there's a balance you have to strike, but you know, in, in general, I think a lot of it has to be uh, matchup dependent. Whether or not you trust your guys uh, to be able uh, to defend in transition. And ultimately, I think it also matters where the shot comes from on the court. Um, if you got a guy taking a corner three um, and he goes for the offensive rebound and the ball comes off a different way and the ball is already going the other way, you're putting your defense at a pretty big disadvantage. I mean, there's a lot of analytics out there and different things that coaches study and try to watch a lot of film. But I don't think it's an open and shut case in terms of every shot goes up, you follow your shot. It's different, you know, you're taking a five-footer in the lane. Uh, okay, you know, the ball's probably not coming off very far on the rim. Um, but if you're taking a long three, um, there's a chance for long rebounds. And when you're playing against athletes that can really take the ball to the other end of the floor quickly, uh, you're, I think you're setting yourself up for failure if you just have a principle of following your shot every time. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. I know we're bouncing around a bit. I'm going to get back to Indiana. I want to ask you a way early look at the Big Ten, which I know is kind of impossible, but I still want to do it. But first, other Big Ten news, Micah Shrewsbury. I was a little surprised when it broke yesterday evening around dinner time that he's going to go to Notre Dame. I thought he might get a major raise at Penn State and try to continue on building what he's got started there. But he's coming back to the – Who's your state to take over the program in South Bend? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any disputing that it's a better job. It's probably going to get a lot more money. Um, I don't know what his goal is ultimately in coaching. Uh, he's obviously got a lot of ties to the state of Indiana. Does he aspire to one day be the coach at Butler? Does he aspire to be the coach at Purdue? Does he aspire to be the coach at Indiana? Who knows on any of those, but uh, getting back to the state where he really cut his teeth in terms of basketball, where he grew up, and having a chance to do it at a program that uh, is, you know, traditionally a, a pretty solid program. Um, they've got, I think, good enough resources. They're in the ACC. Uh, the one kind of question that, that I would have um, if I were a coach evaluating that job is just what kind of kids can I get to play there? Um, you know, Mike Bray won a lot of games there, and had a pretty uh, solid tournament success, but it wasn't like he was doing it with, you know, five-star kids. And I think the academic um, requirements there make it a little bit more uh, difficult to get kids uh, to come there. Um, and just you have to be a little bit more selective, uh, obviously, in that regard. But uh, overall, I think it's uh, a really good hire for Notre Dame. Uh, very unfortunate for Penn State because they would give them the you know, his first chance in coaching as a head coach, and he goes there for two years and really turns that program around and uh, didn't really have, in my opinion, the best talent in the world, did a really good job in the transfer portal and then developed some of the leftover guys, and he parlays that into uh, another job. So tough break for Penn State, but uh, the reality is uh, with Penn State basketball and their lack of commitment to making themselves a competitive program for so long and, the lack of support there, I think, from the fan base is, you know, it's all about football there. Uh, I think at Notre Dame, obviously, there's a huge emphasis on football, but more support uh, just in general being a basketball state. I think it was a, a solid move for Shrewsbury, and 
if he goes there and wins big and uh, has success, I think he can probably ultimately parlay that into an even bigger job down the line. I've got to believe that him coming into Notre Dame with some success and being a hot name at Penn State, especially this past year, it's only going to crowd the in-state recruiting. I mean, Indiana uh, very much involved with Flory Bedunga, uh, Harrelson and Sisley and others, and you can bet that he's going to come in uh, and use this momentum and this new position, this new job to sell his case as well. So uh, I think in-state recruiting, maybe for everybody, Indiana, Purdue, and others just got tougher. Maybe, although Indiana's NIL resources from a basketball perspective are going to trump anything that Notre Dame is going to have going, at least for the top players. Um, probably the same case with Purdue as well, uh, with kind of their profile of the program. So, yeah, they may be obviously active in some of these recruitments, Matt, but um, it's a lot more now about the NIL side of things and what packages uh, I don't want to say package, but you know what what opportunities I guess is a better way to say it are going to be there for a kid when they get to school and for an in-state kid. Um, if you go to Indiana, uh, your NIL opportunities are going to be far more lucrative potentially than it would be at Notre Dame. So, uh, you know, I, I, if I'm an Indiana fan, I'm not really necessarily worried about them coming in and doing much in terms of taking the top kids off the table for recruiting standpoint i think indiana and purdue are are probably still going to have uh a a leg up in terms of uh being able to land the best kids in the state of indiana because of what they're able to to to, you know deliver from an nil perspective alex bozich inside the hall our guest talking iu and big 10 basketball next question can tom izzo and michigan state take another step forward in the tournament with this sweet 16 game coming up uh, I think it'll be tough. I think Kansas State's really good. I watched that full game really against Kentucky. Uh, from a talent perspective, I thought Kentucky had more talent, and uh, Kansas State just plays better together as a team. Well coached. Um, you know, their coach talked about they have they have more dudes. Uh, than Kentucky did. I don't think he was talking about talent. I think he's talking about guys that want to win and know how to put themselves in position to win. Uh, so Michigan State obviously has uh, a chance, pretty good chance to move on. It's, it's not like it's a David versus Goliath matchup, and Michigan State probably just as talented as Kansas State, but there's something special about this Kansas State team uh, in my eyes. I mean, they're picked to finish, I believe, last uh, in their conference in the preseason. Nobody really gave them a chance, and they've they just got something special about them. And I think uh, you know there's a lot of fun to watch. They have guys that, that make plays, that do a lot of little things that takes the win. They're not going to back down from anybody. So you know, I, I probably view it as, as a game that probably 60-40 in uh, favor of Kansas State. Not to take anything away from Michigan State, they could definitely win. But how would go into that one? Uh, thinking the Spartans are, are probably a slight underdog. All right, Alex Bozich inside the hall. My guest, Alex, lots of off-season conversations to have about the Hoosiers and uh, look forward to those conversations. Um, Stay in touch, and we'll talk with you next week. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks for having me, as always. All right. uh, We will head to a commercial break, come back with a final segment uh, here in the show. I want to tell you in the next segment about a, a local name that entered the transfer portal yesterday 
and it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of interest he gets. So stay with us for that. Also, a couple other local notes coming your way next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. A couple minutes with you here before we wrap up today and again great NCAA games tonight Friday and then elite eight games on Saturday and Sunday but a big name a local name entering the transfer portal or did so as of yesterday Floyd Central product Jake Hydebreeder who had an absolutely outstanding year for Air Force and, uh, uh, a little closer to home yeah, I like Jake Hydebreeder a lot. I thought he was a really good player. I can definitely see him fitting the mold of a Big Ten program, whether that be Indy. I don't know if Indiana would be the spot, but I could see him at like a Northwestern. I could see him being really good. And interesting you bring up Notre Dame. Hydebreeder, to me, would be a perfect fit at Notre Dame. Just let him get out there, shoot the three. He can also drive inside a little bit as well. I haven't kept up with him as well as I have other players from recent years in this area, but, I mean, Jake Hybrider is a heck of a player. Yeah. be interesting to see what happens. I've got to believe I've not talked to him or family or anything like that, but I've got to believe he comes maybe closer to this area and uh, will be really interesting to see where he goes. I, as I said, I can see – some high majors getting involved with him. He just had a fantastic year. I've always liked his game. And one thing about him, it seemed like every game in high school, going all the way back to freshman year to senior year, every time I see him, uh, saw him play, which was regular, uh, he got better every game. And now that I haven't seen him as much, now that he's out on the West Coast and playing in a conference that you just don't see as much of on TV around here, he got progressively better from time to time when I saw him. So he's got some good years of college basketball ahead of him, and it's going to be exciting from a local perspective to see where he goes next season. And also, I believe I mentioned this last week, but Cooper Jacoby of Silver Creek is in the portal as well. I think I mentioned, you know, just Bellarmine seems like a good fit for him. Don't know that that's going to be the case at all, just thinking, uh, you know, on potential there. Uh, but so we've got some guys, good, good high school players, great high school players from our area that are in the portal, and it will be really interesting to see where they go. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the show. If you missed the live show, don't forget you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you find us, and you can listen there. And I want to give a shout-out, speaking of Floyd Central, to Jeff Sequera, the longtime AD for the Highlanders. Just saw that he has been honored as uh, receiving an award from the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association, one of three school administrators to be honored as Administrator of the Year from the Coaches Association. Coach Sequera will be the District 3 representative. He is Floyd Central through and through, 
and has done a really good job there. So congratulations to Jeff on that honor. That's going to wrap things up for Thursday. Back with you Friday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.